Have you listened to the Basin of Danger News? Yeah. It's the Basin of Danger News. Finish my yard. Finish my yard. That's good. Um, I wish I had somewhere to put this phone. <laughs> so I didn't have to hold it. <laughs> Anthony, why do you look like you're about you're about to read some poetry? What? Why do you look like you're about to read some poetry to us? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is this is my work setup for whenever I have to do video conferencing. We so. still have a dildo in the background. I'm so tired. <laughs> Lola's on the call. Now with video. Oh wait, I said I wasn't gonna sing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the deductive reasoning. <laughs> Aha. Hey. There he ben. is. It's Ben. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Can you see me? Looks a lot, I can, a lot younger. I could I could see a young Ben. With a jaws. Oh, okay. Right on. That's good. Because uh, I'm driving, and I don't think that works with the video. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, it probably sounds like shit, but I've been listening to your podcast, and that shouldn't be a problem, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're pretty low budget. Uh, also- Did I understand correctly that, that you were saying that Jaybird actually has a microphone? Yeah. Yeah. But, do, but, but he hasn't he hasn't used it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I mean. mm-hmm. I, I, the, only, the only person I've heard that sounds less like they're anywhere near a microphone is when Quentin Tarantino guests on this pure cinema podcast. And it sounds like he's two rooms from his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me all right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. Uh just want to thank you for joining us. Um, shout out to Jay, Jay for reaching out. Um, on Thanks this for ep- having me. Yeah, man. I just want to let everyone know that on, on this episode of the Basin of Danger Noodles, <laughs> that we so lovingly call it, uh, <laughs> uh, we have Ben Reiser. Uh, some may know him as the Director of Operations of the Wisconsin Film Festival. Um, you're, that's, that stock is now going to go down a bit now that you're on this show. Um, also, all my stock, all my stock is going to go down, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, also the co-host of movies we saw in the seventies with Scott Lucas, uh, producer and co-host of the lifers podcast, uh, with Scott Lucas and Gabe Rodriguez. And so again, thanks for joining us. We'll let, we'll let Jay kick this off. Oh, actually I have a question. So you said you did listen to it. So that was my first question is, have you actually listened to our podcast? <laughs> I did. I'd actually, I'd, I'd listened to the, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm new to the whole uh, local age cold manor um, Facebook group. And uh, so the first episode that you posted after I arrived, which I guess was 
your most recent episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the, I, I listened to I listened to some of that, and then I went back and listened to a few minutes here and there of the other ones. But then I was like, oh wait, I've got all this time on there. I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving from Wisconsin to New York City today, and so I have a ton of time. And I've got like a hookup on my car. I was like, fuck, I'll just listen to. I listen to uh, the noodle, the noodle bin. What what is that? <laughs> <laughs> basin, that the noodle basin. So I will listen to that. The the yeah, basin of a, danger noodles. Yeah, basin so the, of danger noodles. Yeah, that's kind of a chop up of words to represent um, the Valley of Snakes, the song from Local H. Um, yeah. So yeah, but all right, yeah. cool. much in the way that much in the way that Local H was this fucked up tribute to a couple of different rem songs you right. have done the same thing yeah with yes. um yeah so i'm all caught up i've listened to your entire oeuvre as they say oh wow <laughs> all right appreciate Thank it you. i mean we we, we we don't do them as often as we we hope to but you know we uh we're trying to change that we're trying to change the how we're doing it a little more too. we're not just going through the albums you know we're, we're pulling an album every once in a while and talking about it so now wait a minute i've only i only had access to like three episodes are there more no it's only three or four yeah. oh okay yeah, 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 yeah okay well i like how you say like well sometimes we pull an album out and blah 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 but like you know you've done that once right twice <laughs> oh, twice. <laughs> yeah oh, well it's all one big blur to me uh, <laughs> the one that i was really concentrating on today was the ham-fisted and then you, then you did this thing which i was like whoa these guys are hardcore where you were like recounting various actual shows that you you'd been to and you and you apparently write the set list down on your phones while you're at the show and then look at them later on yeah yes that's jay well i post them in the cold manner afterward oh yeah that makes sense yeah if i I know it's posted before the ring and finish man before the ring (laughs) finish plan do you, do you go over to like setlist.com and add them there too? No, I'm I'm too lazy for that. I, <laughs> I always do a I always do funny set lists. I change the words or the the names of the songs. Uh, yeah. Like that's, I, think that's a lot of band, I think a lot of bands do that themselves to their own set lists. I see I see all kinds of crazy like, you know, shortening of, of song titles when I see people set lists and like yeah. goofy spellings and stuff like that. I think they keep themselves entertained that way. <laughs> that's, yeah. where, that's, that's where Basement of Danger Noodles came from. It came from one of my set lists. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony helped me come up with it, though, because I didn't know what the fucking Danger Noodle was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a snack. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is that an actual term that people have used? No, uh, it's something yeah. crazy. We were all know. trying to think of other ways to say Valley of Snakes, and somebody said Basin of Danger Noodles, and somebody said Gorge of Nope Rope. I mean, just crazy shit like that. <laughs> and uh, what was the thing? What well, What were you saying though? Uh, that you've asked Scott about why they don't play that as much, or they don't play it anymore. And he, what did he say? That it's too hard to play, or something like that? Oh, uh, Valley of Snakes. Uh, he, he didn't think yeah. people really wanted to hear it. Like, uh, oh, was, the, the album wasn't out yet. We saw him right. debut it in uh, in Michigan a few a few years ago. And they, they played it the next night in another Michigan show, and um, we loved it. And we we're like, "Fuck it, you know, well, let's request this song more." 
And um, so, and he just like during the Soul Asylum tour, we were like, "Man, come on, uh, play Valley of Snakes," and he wouldn't do it. Right. Okay. I guess. You, know, you, you know how Scott is. is it, <laughs> it's about his mood. <laughs> I we we recorded a we recorded a lifers podcast uh, last night, uh, which I have to when I when I arrive at a hotel tonight, I need to sit down and edit to try to get it posted tomorrow and we don't have a guest and uh scott said i've got all kinds of stuff that we can talk about and i'm going to announce these tour dates and then i've got other stuff and gabe and i were both like what other stuff and he said i got don't worry about it. i got some stuff so the episode starts and he announces those tour dates and then decides that he doesn't actually want to read them all and, and talk about them he just says oh the tour dates are up you can go find them somewhere <laughs> and then we're just and we're just sitting around bullshitting, which is kind of the show anyway, for a couple minutes. And then he says, so I think everyone who listens to the show knows me and they know Gabe. But I think that, you know, as you said, who the fuck is Ben Reiser? And then he said, so let's make this episode about you. And then he asked me to, like, tell all these biographical stories. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I was totally on the spot, not expecting to do that. <laughs> feeling weird about it but then also feeling like oh and then then after the show i was like oh shit i'm supposed to do this uh podcast today and and i already just i already blew my whole wad last night on life so i'm gonna need to like i'm gonna need to make up stories today for <laughs> and so i have to apologize i feel like i owe you so many apologies because i didn't i didn't know that this podcast existed when scott said let's do this lifers podcast i would have said no but those those three local age fans are already doing a uh, doing a cool podcast we don't want to we don't want to <laughs> tread on them there's, you know it doesn't matter like, there's plenty of hours in the day and y'all I mean, the lifers the podcast one... is really interesting so and ours is just total shit so. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing that matters about ours is it's the original <laughs> well you you will always have that and um i'm glad that you that you think that lifers is interesting i do too but I, you know who knows i can't tell like I I, i'm always trying to tread this line between letting all the sort of inside stuff between scott and gabe just happen and scott and the guests and then wanting to step in to say you know to try to get them to clarify things for people who you know haven't been hanging out with with each other for the last 20 years and may not know what they're talking about when they say comp vocal tracks and things like that so i hope we've struck the balance I mean, I've, I've known those guys they, they, or they've known me for uh 23 years 24 years um me and me and anthony actually just moved gabe uh from north carolina to south carolina uh, back in December. Yeah, we helped to move a god-awful heavy-ass table. <laughs> Gabe, Jeez. get rid of the table, Gabe. Get rid of the fucking table. <laughs> is this something that either one of you do in real life, or this was just a special occasion for Gabe? No, we were just helping Gabe. <laughs> we don't, wow. we, we're not movers. No, <laughs> nor are we shakers. So, uh. <laughs> Part of what I like about the Lifers podcast is all the little you know backstories and all these little things that we've never heard before i mean if you're as into local age as we are obviously you want to hear those little things even if some of the context is missing i think it's still really interesting mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely and i'm always trying to 
get those guys to cough up those those backstories. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also, you know, when I when I first when I first you know when I first came up with this idea to ask Scott to do a podcast with me, which was the seventy movies <laughs> podcast. Um, I, I didn't have, I didn't, I, was, I wasn't, I didn't know Scott at all. I mean, I knew I was a fan, but I didn't have any contact information for him. I didn't have an email. I reached out to him on Facebook, tried to uh, Facebook friend him, and he ignored my Facebook friend request. Of course. And of course then, uh, it's hard to become friends but, with him. Right. But I, but I did, but I realized that I did uh, because of my podcast that I'd already been doing for like a year, I did have some, I did make acquaintances with some people in Chicago who I thought maybe they know Scott. And so I reached out to this one guy and said, Hey, is, do you know Scott Lucas from local age? Do you happen to have an email for him? And he said, yeah, why? And I said, well, I want to ask him to step in uh, and, and co-host this show with me because my my podcast partner just unexpectedly died and I thought, well, we're not going to do this show anymore, but people kept telling me, no, you should keep doing the show. And Mike, the guy who died would have wanted you to keep doing the show. And I couldn't think of anyone to do the show with. I knew a lot of people who I talk about movies with all the time, but nothing felt right. But then for some reason I thought of Scott because I had heard a couple of interviews with him over the years where he'd talked about movies and I was like, well, he's not only is he an amazing, you know, singer, songwriter, musician, but he also like seems to be a pretty serious cinephile. And I would love to talk to him. He seems like, a, you know, watching all those um, videos he made at the, in the first half of the pandemic, I was like, this is such he's such an interesting guy and funny and quick witted. I would be thrilled to talk to him about anything so anyway so i explained this to this guy this intermediary and he said oh yeah that's a great idea he goes but i just want to tell you scott can be kind of prickly <laughs> and i was like okay that's fine um anyway so i wrote him a long email and he wrote me back like a two-word reply saying sure let's do it <laughs> so much for being prickly <laughs> Jay, you wanted to you wanted to mention something. I, I can barely hear you right now. I just had a call come through, uh, uh, like a scam call, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. Right now. <laughs> of course, perfect. This is perfect. This yeah. is the kind of see what I mean. Uh, Isn't this awesome? <laughs> this is the, this is the basin experience that I was hoping to have. I mean, is, is, is there like a volume thing? I'm glad we can come through here. I'm glad we can come through for you. <laughs> Are Jay related? Just <laughs> <laughs> makes yeah, editing. Yeah, it makes I, my editing very fun. But Jay does sound more on mic right now than than ever before. Oh, oh do yeah. Well. well, also too. Not only that, there are like our last one we use this like free software, which when it's one or two people, it's okay. But we had yeah. the three of us plus the two guys um, from in the whale oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on a free software. So it just hogged it all up. And, you know, there were like timing delays and connection issues. Like the editing was, I was, I was sweating editing that episode as clean as possible. And, you know, so I was like, you know what, I have a zoom. Let me just, let's just use the zoom. And so, uh, that's 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 what we're using now so it's much much better 
Well, I, I find myself talking to other podcasters who I know all the time, and I always find myself saying, what's wrong with your, what are you doing? How are you recording that? It sounds awful. And then I always feel like they just want to say, shut up, Grandpa, because first of all, like the whole lo-fi thing is their aesthetic. And second of all, like, you know, fuck off. Like, it is what it is. And I appreciate that, too. And I, it's not like the podcasts I do, I think, are particularly high fidelity or whatever. Oh, wait, are you hearing my... Uh... No, you're probably not. I'm getting, like, GPS announcements. I hear it. Driving. Oh, you do? Cool. Yeah. Uh, But I I will say one thing that I find all the time is that people plug in an external mic, but then don't realize they need to tell their computer or their Zoom or whatever they're recording on that that's the mic they're using. And so even though they think they're talking into a mic, Zoom or whatever is actually picking up the internal computer mic, and that's why they sound like shit. Yeah, that's why it's garbage, right? Yeah. We, we, we had that problem in, during setup last last time. Uh, during the last one with my my new setup and all that stuff, like I have, I bought a new computer. And I was trying to use that, so yeah, and you can you can get the mic to work. And yeah, it's a preferences issue. So maybe next time, but this is working right now. <laughs> Now, I will say the, the other thing, not you can tell me, shut the fuck up, Grandpa. But um, the, the one thing that I do that I don't think a lot, it doesn't seem like other podcasts I listen to do is that even though we sort of host the podcast on Zoom, I always have everyone try to record themselves locally and then just send me their their isolated audio tracks that I then throw into like an editing software thing and then mix it from that. And that's like much better quality because Zoom, Zoom audio is, is like not that great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's something that we can wind up doing for sure. Because um, that, that's something I read about a while ago doing. Because um, I don't I don't have a problem editing. I actually, I love doing it. It's fun for me. Yeah. So I don't, right. I, don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. It's like, you know, I, I seam things together. I throw in sound effects, blah, blah, blah. Like it's fun. So if, if I can get that, if I can get that to go. Yeah, right. That'd be and, great. And, and right. And I, and I want to say that I really do enjoy the audio aesthetic of your show. I do like that. It's really fucked up and lo-fi, but you are putting all those cool little <laughs> drops and sound effects into it. Like, I think it's a great combination. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the whole thing. I appreciate it. We'll just have to get you to remember the name next time. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not going to happen. No, I'm, yeah, I'm at a stage in my life where I can't remember. Shut up, Grandpa. I, yeah, when I when I have to do when I do the seventy movies thing, I literally have to watch the movie to like immediately before we record. Even with note taking, I can't remember a fucking thing from like the day before. <laughs> Yeah, so it's pretty problem. terrible with that. Speaking it's of like, movies, uh, I, I did watch Convoy last night. Ah, uh, Breaker 19, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Love Machine? Aw, oh, 10 for Pig Pen. For sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Taco Town. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's not okay. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen what a movie called... It's kind of fascinating that Allie McGraw, who's a beautiful woman, uh, has has this crazy fucking perm that makes her look like a 12-year-old boy. It's a very strange look. 
I'm assuming that's the girl who was in the van, uh, in the in the, uh, the cab with him. Yes. Yeah. Um. I saw pictures of her, you know, uh, on IMDb while I was watching it, and I was like, "Wow, that's, that didn't even look like her." Like, wow. She was the uh, yeah. She was the star of Love Story and The Getaway with Steve McQueen. Mm. She was. I think she was married to Steve McQueen. Yeah. Um, she was. Yeah, but, but, right. But this was after all that, and this is when she was just doing coke with um. <laughs> what's what's his name? Who's the star? That Chris Christopherson, who's. Yeah. Never my favorite actor, but maybe never worse than he is in Convoy. <laughs> Jay, you've always really liked Chris Christopherson. Was he really bad in this movie? I mean, his his best movie is always going to be Big Top Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but uh, it, it was it was he was fine in the movie. Um, like the, the storyline was just the ending, or more like the ending. How, 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 you don't see him escape because. We, because he's a, he's a rubber duck, or whatever they said. Um, yeah. Whatever his name is. Here's a cool fact about, you, you know the duck on the front of his truck? Yeah. It was the same duck from Death Proof, the Tarantino movie. Ah. Uh, it was the same duck from so Death Proof? Wow, okay. So the, so the, duck, in, the duck in Death Proof is an homage to Convoy. Yeah. Interesting. I read that on IMDb trivia yesterday. Um, so, Ben, how do you guys choose like which movie you're going to do on on the '70s movie podcast? Uh, when I first asked Scott to jump in as co-host, I said, "Pick a movie," and he said, "Race with the Devil." And um, then we've just been alternating ever since. Like, then I get to pick one, and then he picks one, and then I pick one, and he picks one. Man, I want, to, I want to request the Warriors, man. 1979. Warriors, come out to play. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on. That'll that'll before we get to 70, the 70th movie. Warriors will definitely be done. We that's, were just talking. Uh, uh, what's her name, Jessica? Uh, who died today from Arrested Development? Oh, uh, Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter just died. So we're talking about maybe doing Play Misty for me next week. Oh, mm. that's I like. That's a good movie. I mean, right. not you know, maybe I don't know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to refresh on that one just for this. All right, nice. It is a yeah. good. You no, know, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's the first movie that Clint Eastwood ever directed, and it's it's good. It's really good. Okay. I haven't seen that in years, but yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, wow. Jay's a very popular guy. He's getting scam, scam, call scam, scam calls. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. know, is it the prince offering you money? Yeah. Or is it yeah. about your warranty? Uh, it's about my warranty. And buy a prince. <laughs> yeah. So oh, after, after Convoy ended yesterday, uh, it recommended me another movie. Uh, and it was a movie called uh, White Line Fever. That's with Jan Michael Vincent. That's better. <laughs> but but still, the, the storyline was fucking bonkers. <laughs> As it <Yeah>. should be. <laughs> I mean, they're just like, 
cocaine is a hell of a drug (laughs) oh he 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 won't carry cigarettes in a slot machine we're gonna fuck him up we're gonna (laughs) kill his his black friend we're gonna um to make his life living hell and i was like wow like just for not carrying a slot machine and a a small carton of cigarettes Oh man, that's, that's maybe the maybe the one thing I don't. The one thing that I like about Convoy is they don't kill the black guy. Like they put him in jail and beat the shit out of him, but he he survives the movie, and that's 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 progress. Right? Yeah. So what, what, what's your favorite movie of all time? Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's that's hard. That's that's a loaded question, uh, especially but, uh, on the spot while driving to Brooklyn. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Scott, Scott and I talked about this movie, The Crazies, uh, yeah. on an episode that we just posted last night, and um, and that was directed by George Romero, and I, I love his movies, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all those zombie movies, uh, and we both share a love of also John Carpenter movies, Halloween, I think, was my favorite movie for a long time, Jaws was, is a movie I've always loved. Uh, uh, but uh, there's a comedy from the 40s with um, Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn called Bringing Up Baby that I think is the funniest movie I've ever seen and I love to watch that a couple times a year so I can't narrow it down to one but I've got I probably have a top 10 somewhere in my brain <laughs> my favorite movie of all time Night of Living Dead I saw it yeah. five and been in the top in the top spot since, I was, since 1985 and it's, it's a great show. Yeah. Well, I feel like shit that my favorite movie is Little Big League. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know the movie that I you know, the movie that I was too old to be into, but I was amazed to discover that it would that among kids who were the right age at that at the right time think is one of the greatest things ever is the the Sandlot. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. a great. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad news bears guy. Uh, uh, so Sandlot yeah. was way past my time. So why, why, why the seventies? Like, why did you want to do movies from the seventies? Well, so that, 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 that podcast started as a, as the, uh, my friend Mike's idea and Mike, my uh, friend, Mike McPadden, uh, well, it was something he said, hey, we should do a podcast. He had started doing a podcast called Crackpot Cinema, where he and his friend Aaron Lee, who's a guy who writes for TV, um, he writes, uh, he, he used to be a writer on The Family Guy, and I think he writes for this show, uh, is it called Superstore? Is that a comedy? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So they, they had this show called Crackpot Cinema where they talked about like really insane movies that nobody had ever seen and nobody likes, but they liked. And then I, I stepped in as the producer for that show because, again, grandpa that I am, I, I, I called Mike and I said, Mike, your podcast is fantastic. I love the conversations you and Aaron have, but like, I can't even understand what you're saying half the time because the audio is so bad. And then uh, he said, well help us out. I said, okay. And he said, oh, and by the way, I think you and I should do a podcast where we should talk about what it was like growing up in New York City in the 1970s. And we should do it by way of movies that we watched as kids when we were growing up in Brooklyn in the 70s. So that's, that's, that was this, that was the basis of that, uh, 
mm. of that concept. It was really supposed to be about us talking about our New York City childhoods by way of the movies, but we quickly abandoned the sort of New York City talk and just started just start talking about the movies instead, which was more fun. Originally, it was supposed to be like 70 movies that we saw in the 70s, not necessarily 70 movies that were made in the 70s that we saw in the 70s. But like after the first after the first 10 episodes, I realized, oh, you know, all the movies we've talked about are actually movies that were made in the 70s. So why don't we just stick with that? So that's that's what we've been doing. Okay. And then when then when I asked Scott to to step in, you know, he's he's he's, I think, like four years younger than me, at least. And I said, you know, you probably don't have the same experience from the 1970s. So we can expand this. We can do, you know, we can change the name of the show. We can just talk about whatever movies you want to talk about. But he was like, no, no, no. I want to do this. This sounds great. So, Hmm. so far, we're sticking with that. So far, so good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I like it. And and then from from that, you got you, you jumped into that. And then so building into like the Lifers podcast, like how did that come to be? Well, I mean, this whole thing has been a complete dream come true. Never thought it would happen for me. Even doing the podcast with my friend Mike, I was like, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. And then we started doing it. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I can do this. And then I, I totally thought that Scott would just completely blow off my invitation. Uh, he would have no interest. Like I couldn't figure out what was in it for him. But I also thought like, what's the harm in asking? And, you know, then he said yes, and we started doing it. And, and the conversations that we started having were even better than I could have imagined. You know, I sort of like dreamed what we would be talking about and, and how much fun it would be to talk to him and to pick his brain about local age stuff and also get to talk about movies, which is my favorite thing to talk about and to talk about music. Uh, but then, uh, you know, like after doing that, after doing like the first three or four episodes, he wrote me this email saying, listen, you know, I've been contemplating this other podcast, uh, uh, you know, that's like called Lifers and it's about uh, me and, and all these people I've known uh, in bands and producers and other people in the music industry over the years. Uh, and I want Gabe to be my sort of Ed McMahon. Would you also be on the show with us and would you produce it for us? Because it seems like you know what you're doing. And I was like, wow, first of all, I can't believe you think I know what I'm doing. And second of all, oh, my God, fuck yes. I, I can't believe you're asking me to do this. And and here we are, you know, and then uh, when, when and I, I didn't know Gabe. I, I knew I knew much less about Gabe than I knew about Scott. I mean, I'd always heard the name Gabe, you know, and I probably saw him on stage. Uh, maybe the first time I saw Local H, which was on the Here Comes the Zoo tour. Um, yep. He was there. But I didn't. But So, again, when we got together and recorded that first episode, it was the first time I had seen or heard Gabe, really. And uh, I immediately saw the dynamic between the two of them and the chemistry. And it reminded me so much of the relationship that I have with my friend Chad, who was the bass player in my band that I had for like 15 years back in the 80s and early 90s. Don't even count on getting laid. Chad's dad saw his sister on the subway and she was going my way. So I sat her down the door about the man who was your dog. She said you're too loud. Uh, and 
I was like, oh my God, this is just like me and Chad. So I completely related to the way those guys relate to each other and the sort of the love they have for each other, but also the sort of nonstop ball busting that goes on between the two of them and, and all the all the sort of funny misunderstandings that happen between the two of them. And I was like, this is, I totally get this. I love this dynamic and I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. So I, you know, I'm just, I'm living my best life. I mean, yes, this has been the worst year ever for everyone, including me, but it's also been an insanely productive and creatively inspiring year. I, I, I have to, I pinch myself every day that I've gotten to do the stuff that I've done these past 12 months. Yeah. I think, I think it definitely like forced a lot of people's hands um, this past year about, you know, people's own ideas of things they want to do, don't want to do things they should be doing. Um, You had a lot of people had nothing but time and like it, it kind of exposed everyone's self to these things to kind of act on them. And the fact that like the, that, you know, that it actually happened and especially, you know, based on, on, on your situation with, with the, you know, joining, having, having Scott join your seventies movies podcast, and then you being asked to, to do the lifers podcast is evident to, to stuff like that. So that's kind of, that's cool. Yeah. There this, yeah. Yes. There, there is, there is this interesting thing that happened when everyone had to go on lockdown and stay at home, which is that for as much as, sort of, you know, entertainers and celebrities and musicians and actors had had been making this sort of shift into sort of making their lives more accessible to their fan base, which has been happening with social media for years. This pandemic thing where suddenly nobody had anything else to do and didn't have an excuse to say, no, I'm too busy to get interviewed by you or no, I don't have time to do your podcast because I'm busy touring or making movies or whatever I'm doing like that. That wasn't there anymore. And so suddenly and this happened at my at my job job, too, where oh, I, I work at the UW-Madison campus. And what basically what we do is show movies on campus uh, for, for people to come and see. And we we draw on movies from like the entire history of, of film. But we would, as, ma- and as many times during the year as possible, try to invite filmmakers or film historians to come and talk about those films before and after we show the movies. And, you know, it's usually pretty hard to get anybody to come to campus and it costs a lot of money. You got to put them up at a hotel and fly them out and all that stuff. But when that no longer was an option and we started having to just show movies online, the other thing was we were able to transition into a podcast for work. And suddenly we're getting guests, every single guest that we could have possibly wanted, we're able to get because they're just sitting at home with nothing to do either. And so it's it's been a real thrill to be able to sort of talk to people that I, that, you know, 14 months ago, I would have said, no, I'm never going to talk to that person. <laughs> the silver lining is Shannon. The suggestion. Yeah. yeah. So who, who have been some of the people that you've talked to that it's been, you just can't believe it. Uh, well, the director, um, Alexander Payne, you know him, uh, he did that movie election with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, that shows our, that shows already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and, and a whole and um, all kinds of people on the seventy movies 
and, and especially then the crackpot cinema, all you know, the Daniel Waters, the guy who wrote wrote Heathers and um oh. and maybe wow. maybe less maybe less famously, he also wrote Hudson Hawk and uh that Andrew Dice Clay Ford Fairlane movie. But you know, whatever, we can just we can just stay to stay with Heathers for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm 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 super excited uh, to to start making some suggestions to Scott about people we can get on lifers because I feel like there are so many rock stars, singers, musicians that I I would be. Through. I mean, getting Juliana Hatfield was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I imagine getting to talk to Juliana Hatfield would be so so cool. It was cool. That was maybe out of all the people that I've talked to over the last year, that was maybe I felt I felt the most intimidated. And I also got the vibe that maybe certainly Gabe was because he's a huge fucking fanboy of hers. Yeah. And uh, and Scott, too, I think I think everyone's a little intimidated by Juliana. And, um, you know, we were having some technical issues that night, which didn't help anybody's nerves. Uh, but but ultimately, I thought it was it was a great interview. And I think it's so cool having Scott be the person talking to these other people, because I think it I think it's since they know him and they know him as somebody who's been through a lot of the same things they have. I think it puts them at a whole different comfort level and also an openness and a willingness to talk about things that I think they probably wouldn't want to talk about with, you know, just a regular, you know, journalist or, or radio host or somebody like that. Yeah. It does. Does it feel so clinical? Yeah. More conversational. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I like those haven't really felt like interviews. Right. You know, it just felt like conversations. Um, you know, there's not a whole right, and we've tried to questions you know yes well that was one thing scott was like i don't want us to write any questions we're not writing any fucking questions we're just having a conversation and then i was like that's great we should start off every show with the three of us just talking like we should get on the zoom 15 minutes or a half an hour before we tell the guests to arrive and we just talk about whatever start yeah. the episode whenever and then when the guest pops up it'll be like oh sorry wait here look who just walked in you know sort of like mr rogers or something like we're the, the postman or something <laughs> <laughs> look who here <laughs> the andy gerber uh episode was fucking phenomenal oh yeah that was yeah. Amazing. That, was yeah. Hearing that, him talk that guy, that that guy had came loaded with stories and yeah. was not afraid to talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, Rick that Rick Nielsen stuff. I was like, wow, are you sure you want to tell these stories? Okay, great. Yeah, I was <laughs> say like super super open and critical and and but but like affirmative on a lot of his ideas and his thoughts. I mean, it was it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And then it offered like some insight that you wouldn't even think to think about, like when it came to why a record is this and why a record isn't and or how this came to be and why it didn't like you don't even think to ask these questions. But like you said, he just came loaded with it and just let it all go. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just recently found out Local H actually records together like at the same time and, and not using like Pro Tools and shit like that, you know. Just recording everyone separately. Oh, re oh, you mean recording live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. you know, um, 
I'm like, fuck that. If, if someone fucks up and I'm, I'm doing my best baseline I've ever done, <laughs> I'm going to start throwing shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I, mean, oh, well, I didn't know that. I'll, I'll, I'll ask Scott. Like, I, I'm, I, I, it makes sense that they record together, but I wonder if then Scott doesn't go back and redo some or, or, or most of the guitar parts. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. But, um, I mean, there's Brian, no way doing all of that live. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be other stuff going on. There's got to be. Brian St. Clair is the one who told me. I'm sure he then has sessions where he's doing like his finished vocal. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure, but um, I guess. Uh oh. Uh oh. Ben. He crossing the state line. Crossing from Indiana into Ohio. I knew it. See, like, oh, you crossed that yeah. state line. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, he must be crossing a state line. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, happens every time. Yeah. Um, I want to say that I love the Genesis podcast. <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so bizarre. I loved it. I thought it was just like, this is the kind of minutia. That I listen to podcasts about. Yeah. Really? Like, who are you kidding? It's a song called Abigail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know that the thing that the thing that I've been most thrilled and uh, not surprised, but like happy to discover about Scott is how 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 quick witted and fast he is, and. Uh, that you know the, the title of that episode came, came from something that you know that um that our that that uh the guest said like halfway through and then by the end of the episode scott was like we gotta we gotta name this episode that thing which was it was a perfect description not only of that genesis song but of the episode itself and the whole this whole concept of yeah. spending an episode so dissecting that Genesis song, and then, you know, it was it was perfect because you know it turned out to be a kind of a stupid idea, <laughs> and and, yeah. uh, and 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 went nowhere, but was still like very entertaining, at least for me to listen to and be part of. Yeah. I mean, when I saw when I saw the title, I thought I know what this is going to be like, and <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. correct, yeah. and it worked. Yeah. You know, I just it was just yeah. hilarious. I really enjoyed it. And I find that I find that kind of thing happening every time I talk to Scott. At some point in the conversation, he'll say something and like 30 seconds later, I'll realize, oh my God, he just made this joke that went totally over my head, but was totally about something that I had just said. Yeah. And he is so he's so focused and sort of committed to those conversations and he's really like on all the time and it's it's freak it freaks me out a little because i sort of have to step up my game because i'm like wait i can't i'm not i'm definitely not the funniest or smartest guy in this room and now i have to really be on my toes to sort of keep up with them (laughs) and not and not just about the not just about the music stuff but even more so about the movie stuff like he'll throw references to other films and 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 have background information about you know the, the the people who were in the cast and crew in it and i'm like fuck how does this guy know this i don't know this <laughs> so speaking of not knowing a lot of stuff the um the truck that chris christopherson drove in uh convoy <laughs> is, in, is in the 
Museum of Transportation or something like that, and uh, and Missouri. <laughs> so, okay. Um, News nugget. <laughs> <laughs> minutia minute. Minutia minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, people do love Convoy, and I don't know what it's about. I mean, I remember that song being on the radio uh, and being into it, you know, just as a dumb novelty song. But I, by the time the movie came out, I had no interest in seeing it. And, you know, that was a time in my life when I was, I think I was probably like in junior high school and I, I would see anything and everything. And I still knew to stay away from that thing. But, <laughs> but, but um, I don't, it does have a real following. Well, and, and Georgia, we, we, we follow another trucking movie. Uh, yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's my jam. I love Sm- that. Smokey and the Bandit is a movie I saw as many times as I saw Star Wars in 1977. <laughs> those, came out, those came out the same year, and they were equally influential for me. Um, wow, Sally, Smokey, Sally Smokey. Yeah, she's Smokey was filmed all over, like where I grew up at. Like the when when, when she drives the, the the car on the ramp onto the onto the football field. I used to yeah. play baseball. I used to play baseball there. Oh, like, that's little, great. And then the uh, the funeral procession is you can see you, you can see uh, my elementary school in the background. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like you know it seems like the kind of movie that was almost the kind of movie that was made specifically just for Southern drive-ins. Uh, but but you know but like one step more mainstream than that, and then you know turned into this huge hit. Um, but then of course. The sequels. Mm. Oh God! We won't talk about those. Quickly, quickly <laughs> sank to the Southern Drive-In level. Like you know, I think in Smoking the Bandit Three, like the there's a whole thing with like the Ku Klux Klan, but it's like kind of played for laughs, and they're not really like villains. They're just sort of like, like good time party guys chasing chasing some. I think they <laughs> I think they even help out the bandit or something in that movie. It's a crazy fucking. That's thing. the first one that was was the, the star was uh jerry reed i think right yeah, I, yeah i've only yeah. seen it once i only saw it once um and i'm a huge jerry reed fan like i i, I haven't seen anything else past that in, in the series um i don't really want to <laughs> you shouldn't we'll i saw this Jer- i saw a different jerry reed trucker movie called highballing have you seen that one no i have not yeah. Yeah, never heard good. that oh. Write that one down. <laughs> me and Shannon, me and Shannon have been to his grave or his mausoleum spot. Yeah, I mean, oh, wow. uh, what was that it was in Nashville, okay. the same cemetery as uh, um, uh, George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Johnny Paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, who's that? Somebody else someone, there. Was there some, someone big right next to him. Like uh, I can't remember who it is now. Um, Everyone's buried in Nashville, so it all blends together. Oh, uh, Marty Robbins is there. Yeah. Um, uh, Roy Orbison's first wife, Claudette's there. We haven't visited her grave, but uh, she's there. <laughs> um, he wrote a song about her, so you know. Uh, um, Did he have? Was it? Was the song called Claudette? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a hit. I don't know that. I don't. I don't know that one. It was. It was a. Uh, it's one of his greatest hits, so I assume it's a. It was a hit. It is. I had. I had. I used to listen to Roy Orbison's greatest hits albums nonstop for like uh, two years. I don't remember. Maybe. Maybe I'm just forgetting it. I think you've probably heard it. I. Yeah. I mean, I give it right now. Like Claudette is like in my head right now. I imagine mm-hmm. you. If you know anything, you know, if you're listening to Roy Orbison. Claudette, a pretty little bit, 
I guess I guess on, on the the fucked up side of things, uh, keeping you with the uh, the truckers, I think she was killed by a fucking semi truck. Um, oh wow! Yeah, Yikes. yeah. And, he, and oddly enough, he's bu- he's buried out in like Forest Lawn or something like that, and or Hollywood Forever in in L.A. Uh, in an unmarked grave. Jeez. So, yeah, weird. Um, Radio why is he Why is he buried in an unmarked grave to keep fans away? I don't know. I mean, weird. Uh, you're talking about a cemetery full of fucking people more famous than him. That is really uh, weird. I mean, that's those are cemeteries for famous people, pretty much. Yeah. So why would he need to be in an unmarked grave? That's weird. Mm. I understand why D.D. Allen's in an unmarked grave. Maybe his figure but, is uh, a waste, waste of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got money. Uh, or he had money. Um, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was having a whole resurgence when he died. Yeah, yeah. His last song, I think his last song he recorded was with Danzig, or it was, it was uh, uh, he, him and Danzig wrote uh, "Life Fades Away" or something like that. It was Danzig. For, yeah, it was for uh, Less Than Zero uh, soundtrack. Oh, okay. Mm. And um, way before my time, but uh, um, I was like. Probably fucking seven or six or when that when that movie came out. <laughs> you running around kicking people in the shins. <laughs> Not, nothing nothing much has changed. I'm still running around kicking people in the shins. Yeah. Especially yeah. even COVID. I don't want to touch anybody. Like so kick. There we go. <laughs> Get <Hi>. back. <laughs> How yeah. are you doing? I'm you, fucking uh, hurting, man. You kicked me in the shin. <laughs> so with well, the um with the with the announcement of the tour, are you are you going to be making it to any of the shows? Uh, I have every intention of being there opening night at Shank Hall, which is a, a venue that I've been to before. I I have not seen Local H there. I did. Who have I seen there? I think I saw I saw the Lemonheads there. I think, and I uh, I saw my friend's band. Uh, I'm friends with this guy from this band, Ruth Ruth. They had this one hit in yeah. the 80s. Yeah, invited. yeah. Uh, I saw them yeah. play Shank Hall. Shank Hall, and I was talking about this last night on Lifers, so sorry if people are listening to both these podcasts uh, within a few days of each other and are like, not that fucking story again. I thought you were going to make some stuff up, man. Come on, make some stuff up, man. Make, 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 more, make more spicy. <laughs> everything, everything I've said so far. I'm, I'm, this is the first thing I'm repeating from last night, and it, it's only to say that Shank Hall is if, is the only club I've ever been to that has wall to wall carpeting. Like it's weird to be in a carpeted rock club, but that's Ew. Shank Hall. Smith's old, Smith's old bar. Well, not where I guess not where the shows are. Smith's old bar here no. in Atlanta is carpeted. No, Smith's is a carpet upstairs. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. Everything is carpeted upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> God, wow! It just doesn't seem like a smart move. Like I know, uh, yikes! Like, no, maybe they're protecting the hardwood. <laughs> especially, especially if you uh, have ICV playing there. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> spilling, their fe- spilling their fego everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the Roxy, the, the old Roxy was ca- was carpeted, uh, and they uh, put had to put tarps down for when when they played there back in like '97. Yeah, and um, 
I was just like, oh, that gross, man. Uh, we're about to get covered in this shit. We'll be standing in a puddle of it. Well, I mean, I should tell the venue if we have to put tarps down, we should probably remove the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, if you remember correctly, it has nice hardwoods. Uh, so yeah, they probably yeah. pulled pull up the carpet. Yeah. Oh, hardwoods. Wow. Yeah. I was hoping to pull up the hardwoods to reveal some nice carpet, but that's never the case. <laughs> no. So how many how many shows are you all planning to go to? Five. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe uh, six. Let's maybe see. six. If they add uh, Nashville in there, there's, there's 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 an open date, and Nashville is right there, and we want to go to Nashville. We're going to Nashville no matter what. We're go. We'll go wherever we can in the south in the southeast yeah, yeah. we we think five as of now mm-hmm. so that's yeah. pretty good i mean i saw during a covid year i saw local h 10 times yeah the drive-ins i know and yeah. uh, a lot of travel a lot of uh buffalo trace <laughs> uh a few with scott um uh I'm fucking pumped though, man. When, especially the way they were, they threw out the teaser there with the the movie trailer, and then <laughs> yeah. here, and then put the yeah, know, that was it was really well put together. Yeah, the turn the bow instrumental that was great. <laughs> so, and and much like you guys mentioned on the pot on the Lifers podcast, I, I know I'm one of them that are itching to hear like the instrumental versions of their songs. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's never yeah, gonna happen. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out uh, Scott and when he's being sarcastic and when he's being serious. And I can't tell how yeah. offended he is that people seem to want uh, the instrumental versions of all his songs. Yeah, well, it's like I know, like a band, um, Dance Gavin Dance. Don't know if you heard of them, but um, so they came out or at least one if not two like uh instrumental albums like they're full albums just in, in full instrumental versions and that, it's pretty great yeah especially because like you know you hear the song as you hear it and you've heard it for so long but then you remove yeah. the, the lyrical content and you actually hear the little nuances of what the guitarist is doing yes. or what they're yeah. doing with the little ting tings on the top of the cymbals i mean just all the little noises that you didn't notice before and then you go Absolutely. back and listen to the song in its original version of what you heard it as you appreciate it a little differently it's like oh wow okay all the little all the little ingredients coming together in a much different way so yeah well i'll tell you that the original plan for the lifers theme was to was to do a different instrumental cut off of lifers to start each show but we started with Patrick Bateman and, and and um and Scott was immediately like no that's great let's just let's just keep it to that I mean, I think he (laughs) understands that (laughs) some people are completists. You know what I mean? And so, like, if we can hear something that we haven't heard, you've heard a a different version of something. We want it. We we want want it all. You know. Oh yeah. I I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I talk to Gabe like once a week on the phone, and I'm I'm the, the you know the one who's always excluded from all the lifers. Uh, and the lifers are the uh, um, like the cold manor contests. The, the cold manor contest. He says yeah, employees are not are not allowed. And I'm like, <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> oh god. Well, it's, I'm a, I'm it's just because you become a completist, man. Fucking genius, man. 
Well, I'm in for the uh, the lifers press the test or uh, not lifers uh, the uh, hate killer test pressing. Yeah. Hit, hit, I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm secretly bugging. Radio edit. It's been a fucking fun ride though with that with that band, man. Like, um, I've been I've seen him over a hundred times, and it only gets old after the like when I see him for three days in a row, and the yeah. third day it, it, rem- it reminds me of being on tour, and I fucking start seeing the helicopters, you know, and the uh, <laughs> there must here. be some kind of way out of here, <laughs> and. <laughs> having you know the, the, the whole Vietnam flashback shit, like it's just like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to do this anymore, man. I don't want to do this. I quit fucking touring because I fucking hated it. <laughs> so, so going into touring, how did you get get connected with with uh, Freedy? Yeah, I uh, I had this band in um, in Brooklyn, and we were um, uh, how the fuck did that happen? Um, Somehow, somehow I got, oh, I know what it was. Uh, I had this band in Brooklyn and we recorded a single and I discovered that this guy, Glenn Morrow, who had been in this band that I was into when I was, again, like, like 14 years old, called The Individuals. And they were one of these Hoboken bands that were around in the, in the early 80s and sort of like would sometimes open for Ari back in the very early days uh, when R.E.M. was still playing clubs. Um, but I was into this band, The Individuals, and this guy who was the lead singer-songwriter, Glenn Morrow, then went on, then went on to uh, start his own record label called Bar None. Um, and so when I was trying to figure out if a record label would be at all interested in my band, I thought, oh, maybe Bar None would like us because they had, they had been putting out They Might Be Giants albums, uh, and some other stuff that I thought, well, that's kind of in the ballpark of what we're doing. And I love Glenn Morrow's old band. It would be cool if I could connect with him. So we sent him our single and um, he didn't really like it, but he struck up a sort of a friendship with me. And even though he never signed us and never put out anything that we released, he did give us some money to help us record uh, an album that we were doing. And then around that same time, he was, uh, he was releasing Freddie Johnston's album, Can You Fly? And he sent that album to me and I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, this album is great. This guy's an amazing songwriter. And then he called me up and I was working uh, at a copy center in Brooklyn. And he called me up and he said, hey, Freddie is going out on tour and he needs he needs somebody to drive the van and sort of be the tour manager for a couple months. Would you, can you get off of work and do that? And, you know, the money would be better than what you're making at work. And I said, fuck, I would do that for free. Like that sounded like the greatest thing ever to me. And, um, until and three days later, you're like, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was, then it was a real nightmare. I mean, it was, there were some great things about it because uh, a month of that tour of his, he was the opening act on, um, a Soul Asylum uh, Lemonheads tour, and it was Soul Asylum was 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 touring their biggest album, uh, Grave Dancers Union, and Lemonheads was like the middle band, and they were touring. It's a shame about Ray. So those two bands were at their at their most. Uh, their, they were playing the biggest places they would ever play, yeah. and um, 
And I was not really familiar. I, I didn't, I knew the name, the Lemonheads, but I didn't know anything. I hadn't heard any of their music and soul asylum. I knew a little bit more because I was totally into the replacements and they were one of those Minneapolis bands. And I was like, Oh, I guess I should be into soul asylum, but I had never really listened to much of them. And so it was really exciting to see a bunch of their shows and get into both of those bands, especially the Lemonheads who knocked me out. Um, uh, but but other than that, it was it was horrible. It was a nightmare. I would never do it again. <laughs> I, I, would, I think that I think that when you're in a band and you're on stage every night and you're getting that kind of attention and you're having that kind of fun, it's one thing. But if you're just sort of with the band and you're not being a part of that part of the experience, and it's like I don't know, it just sucks. A lot of hur- a lot of hurry up and waiting. Yeah, and a lot of like. <laughs> Hey, can you do this thing that none of us want to do because we're fancy rock stars and you are the guy driving the band? (laughs) So like, whereas everyone else in the band would get drunk and get stoned after shows, I'd be the guy who just had to like, you know, be the designated driver and then drive 300 miles a night after the gig while they were all fucking wasted and like being obnoxious in the van. Yeah. And, 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 And Freedy's van was a real piece of shit. It was like, trying to steer that thing was like trying to it was like a Ouija board or something it was just pulling all over the place um, and by the way I had no experience doing any of that stuff and so I, I, I was I was supposed to be their guitar tech and their drum tech uh, and but even though I had been in a band for 10 years I barely knew how to string a guitar I didn't know anything about setting up a drum kit and so I was you know, I, I, the truth is that after a couple of days, those guys were at least as sick of me as I was of them because I was this <laughs> asshole that their record label had convinced to hire to do this job that I didn't really know how to do. And that oh. quickly became obvious. So it was not. A <laughs> oh, my gosh. How long were you on that tour? It was uh, it was like I think it was two months. I think it was okay. two months. Mm. Wow, man. And it was and it was and it was during Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was like a. It was, and so we were down in Florida and it was the only time I've ever been to Florida, but it was right around Thanksgiving and it was freezing cold. I was like, oh, here I am in Florida and it's like 35 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you remember if y'all played Georgia? Uh, Yes, we did. Do you remember? I remember, I remember we played at a, where we played in Atlanta was one of the nicer, bigger rooms. And I want to say. It was either a theater or a theater that had been converted Roxy. to a night. The Roxy. The yes, Roxy. that's where we played. The Roxy. Yep. yep. Yeah, I know the Roxy very well. The Roxy has been closed down, or closed down years ago, and then it's been reopened as a place called the Buckhead Theater. Buckhead Theater, yeah. That's the place that we were talking about that uh, that had carpet, and now they have hardwood floors. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It's more opened up now. It doesn't even feel like a theater when you're in that room now. Um, it's, it's all like high class and like like. We, we saw Local H there with Everclear. And, and, Marcy, like, and, and who? And Marcy Playground. Yeah. We'll talk about Marcy Playground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you toured with Freedy, was uh, Bad Reputation his song yet? No, it was pre-Bad Reputation. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I remember hearing that on the radio. I just don't remember when I heard it on the radio. Like, it was heavy rotation on INX in Atlanta. Yeah, Jay Jay told me the other day. Oh, Ben, you know, uh, you know, did tour managing for 
Freddie Johnson. I was like, who is that? And he right. paid me a reputation. I was like, holy shit, I know that song. That's a great <laughs> yeah. song. But that's, that's all I know. But yeah, I used to be the tour manager of the, uh, the, a band called The Queers. Yeah. The punk rock band or whatever. Uh, pop punk yeah. band. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's it's like, you know, check out time at yeah, the hotel. I'm like, okay, we have eight hours to drive. We, we They'll give us just enough time to get to the venue and uh, do the shit and load in and all that stuff. And then they're like, no, we're sleeping for, for a couple more hours. So they wake up to me just throwing shit in the fucking hotel room, just trying to get them to get, get the fuck up and all that stuff. And it was just like, it was a nightmare, man. I, I hate being late. Mm. Yeah. But, was you know, this, um, was it pre GPS or did you already have smartphones and stuff by then? We had smartphones. Yeah, see, oh, I don't, my, I don't even... my road managing thing was before all that shit. We, I didn't even have a beeper. So <laughs> being on the road was a million times worse because you'd be using these AAA, like, trip ticks and shit, and oh, yeah. constantly <laughs> getting lost. You constantly have to jump out of the van and find a payphone and call the club and say, how do we get there again? Where the fuck oh. are you? Where from? I, mean, I, I remember those days. Yeah. I remember, those days. Yeah. I remember so. they would like stamp out like where like construction zones were and like all that other yep. stuff. Yep. Like, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. Going to cities you've never been to before, trying yeah. to find. Yep. Oh my God. I, I think that's why I'm a self proclaimed great navigator because I learned how to read maps at a very young age. <laughs> and, and, and so even with GPS, I don't really trust GPS 100%. So I always do like a zoom out and a scroll over to kind of see all these other roads in different ways. Right. Because, right. you know, just because it says that's the best way, it may not actually be the best way. Yeah. That's, right. how, people, that's how people wind up in lakes and shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, he's, he, dude, he's from Madison, dude. We don't talk about people in, uh, from Georgia end up, ending up in lakes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm outside our hotel. We stay at the Best Western after playing the frequency right by the Capitol. And I'm, out, yeah. I'm outside smoking a cigarette and just look at the lake. And then the next day, we're driving through Iowa or something like that. And we're talking about Buddy Holly. I'm like, oh shit, Otis Redding died yeah. in Madison. I was yep. like, oh no, oh no. And I looked it up and I was like, on my phone, I was like, my, my smartphone, of course. And um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh shit, dude, I was looking at that lake yesterday. There's a fucking monument or, 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 or a plaque or some shit, I think, at the lake. Or, yeah. and I, I didn't even think about it, man. I was just like, wow, that's fucking yeah, nuts. Uh, it was, yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was, the tour was fun. We weren't allowed, the, the queers are sober now, so we're not allowed to drink. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> like, like eight days. It was a ten day tour, and I uh, I didn't get the memo, the memo for like eight days. <laughs> we're like, you're very talkative after shows, Jay. I'm like, huh? And they're like, I think he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I was like, dude, they had beer in mason jars, man. You know, I didn't have a mason jar. You know, I live in the fucking South, and we don't even have fucking beer in mason jars. We're in Fort Wayne, fucking Indiana, and they have fucking beer in mason jars. I'm drinking some beers out of a mason jar. Here's the other thing. You're constantly fighting with everyone else in the van about who gets to play the music next and who, you know, everyone hates everyone else's shit that they want to listen to. So. The worst scenario ever. Okay, so Joe Queer contacts me after that tour, and is like, Hey, I need, I need to drive the King-Ons from Japan around. 
I'm like, can they speak English? And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, so I, I'm gonna be stuck in a car for eight hours a day, driving people I can't talk to who are probably in the back seat making fun of me. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, Mark. Radio like, edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> we'll go, we'll go ahead and, and, and let you go, Ben. I, I'm a super appreciative of the amount of time we got from you, man. We do appreciate it. Oh man, this was great. It was my pleasure. And this, this, this was the last hour of my drive. I'm actually only seven miles away from my exit. So this is perfect. Oh, look at that. This, uh, this made the time go by even faster than just listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Ben, thank you so much. Thank like, you, this Ben. Great. This is really, really fun. Yeah. At, oh, at least we, at least we, at least we didn't have to do a hard stop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not to be confused with a hard out. A hard out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Gabe. <laughs> Answer the question, Gabe. Answer the question. <laughs> I know I got a bad reputation. And it isn't just talk, talk, talk If I could only give you everything You know I haven't got Tell me who to love